Right. So when, when was the last time, like, when do you think your life last made sense? You know what, Mike, I'll tell you this one, like recently last summer, we had like one of those town carnivals. Yeah. And, um, I won gray, a stuffed gizmo, like a gremlin, uh-huh. um, by <laughs> popping five balloons out of 10. And let me tell you, Mike, I, I had never felt like I just belonged somewhere. Yeah. Those are your folks. Yeah. Yeah. Gray was very proud of me. I was proud of me. It was I'm a good day. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah. You? I, I was sheriff at this uh, this county when I was 25 years old. Uh-huh. Uh, it's hard to believe. My grandfather was a lawman, father too. But me and him, uh, we, we were sheriffs at the same time. Him up in Plano with me out here. Uh, I like to think he was pretty proud of that. I know I was. Morning Dadcast. <laughs> Very possible you're getting you're getting better? a little bit better. Better, yeah, you might yep. be getting better. Nope, I know for a fact I'm getting better. Yeah, your teacher's telling you you're getting better. Tone, pitch, cadence, rhythm, last, last, <laughs> tone and last. Your tone is better. Your last is better. <laughs> Both actually. Somehow, usually you peak in one and you kind of revert a bit in the other but somehow my tone and last are both getting better my have, my, my have pitch hit, is accurate yeah have you been hitting a lot of robots with it or what have you been doing yeah that's well yeah um diaphragm breathing and robot killing and robot two killing. of the yeah the main things in becoming a slide whistle aficionado mike you don't sound great you feeling okay yeah you know i got a little bit of a cold going around yeah. but yeah i'm gonna power through this show we'll see how we'll see how we do bit like february isn't it you know what though in new york other than you know a bit of a cold day we've had recently we've been pretty i haven't taken the shovel out of the garage yet yeah yeah not complaining about that yep it's not bad it's not, not bad bad at all not bad not bad at all hi everyone welcome to the super nintendo's entertainment podcast um welcome welcome we have uh, some big news. We just recently released our Rygar episode. If you haven't caught it, please check it out. We had a lot of fun with the kids and the legendary warrior. And the, and the, and the legendary warrior. <laughs> um, Gabe did some really great stuff. Gray played an anthropologist um, who really stuck to the script. Renamed the game Total World. Yep. Much more appropriate. Yep. Um, and we have some information on some new shows coming soon yes and for real coming soon not like hey we're going to talk about them then take like six months off yeah no we, we're in it we got these locked in and yeah. uh you know we're gonna we're gonna sink or swim i guess yeah so the next one we're doing with the assistance of michael gorman will be mannequin <laughs> which is something we've been talking about for a very long time and i am certainly hoping uh we'll go up there with the likes of alf and belvedere yeah, so, so the second to least popular show <laughs> right. we've ever done, because nobody cares about Mannequin, but we do a lot, uh, including yeah. on, the, on the move. Uh, yeah, Mannequin 2 on the move. And Mike and I famously used to like to mix that up with uh, Terminator and say, uh, Terminator 2 on the move yeah. and Mannequin 2, Judgment, Judgment Day. Judgment Day. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Which is, uh, they're both, you can flip them and it flies. It, hey, it works. It works. Yeah, it totally does. 
After that, we're going to do another This American Sprite, our kind of spoof show on This American Life, uh, in which Mike does an absolutely incredible impersonation of Ira Glass. <laughs> it's, it's the cadence. It's all it's in the cadence. It's really very, very good. And honestly, some of the best production that we've done in the almost 100 episodes of the show lies in the This American Sprite episode. So if you haven't caught them, we did one on Castlevania and we did one on Mega Man. Yep. Uh, they're both in the archives. Check them out. Um, but this one will be focused on Contra. Contra. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, big time, big time, big, big time. time. Mike, I was up last night because I couldn't sleep. You, well, you never do. Were you eating Cheerios and watching Matlock? I was. Uh, funny enough, uh, it's not something I say for the show. It's something I genuinely do when I can't sleep. Yep. And that is actually what I want to talk about. I have quite a little rhythm I get myself into when I can't sleep. So I say, you know, there's two things I don't really get the opportunity to do often. One's watch Matlock. Two is eat cereal. That's true. Um. So I take that opportunity to say, listen, I can't sleep. Something's going on in my brain. Either had too much caffeine, too much on my mind. I'm going to take this opportunity to do some stuff I don't get a chance to do and kind of enjoy the fact that I'm not sleeping. Okay. And I started to think, wouldn't it suck if you were a caveman and you had insomnia? Like, what would you do? Um, I don't think that that was a thing back then. I think they were probably exhausted from being out and hunting and gathering and killing and doing everything they had to do all day. I don't think they had time to come home and sit, sit around and think about... Their yeah, taxes, their podcast or taxes or like the Ninja Turtles worrying about like how they're going to pay the electric bills <laughs> Yeah, the magic flashlight. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I guess that's true. They're probably living life by circadian rhythm. Yeah. Falling asleep with the sun, waking up with the sun. I'm sure there was a few kind of anxious cavemen, though. I don't know about that. Like, oh, man, I don't know if we have enough grain to get through winter. Well, I guess that's not really a caveman, isn't it? No, <laughs> we're, moving more, a little, we're moving a little bit up. You're jumping. Yeah, you're jumping. You're jumping, jumping a, a lot few there. thousand years. Yeah. yeah, they're like, how they're like, how many berries in basket? You know, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And I wonder who when did we ever start saying Ooga Booga? Like who made that up? How did know. we how did we decide that's how caveman spoke? I feel like if, I feel like a caveman would be offended. You know, that's what I mean. Like in this day and age, Ooga Booga is offensive, isn't it? You can't say that to our ancestors. You can't say that anymore. No. If you run you into get a, fired. if you run into a caveman, uh, don't say that, and also get back in your time machine. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna get canceled. That's just good advice. Mm-hmm. Mike, I've been playing a lot of Nobody Saves the World. Yeah, I like that game. It's really good. Drinkbox, you know, the Guacamole games are from them. Um, it's it really, box? really I good. It was juice box. Why have I been calling it juice box? It's, you're right. That's because it's, it's a, the juice box is a stroke song. Easy to confuse things in that's right. that small brain of yours. Yeah, it's very small. Caveman. <laughs> it's caveman brain. It's caveman brain. Um, it's uh, it's really good, and it's also really funny. Yes. What's What's the game you think of when you go, man? That game made me laugh. Uh. That new Rick and Morty game thing, mm-hmm. the, the, the the highlight, what was it on, on Xbox Game Pass for free? High Life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. High Life. Yeah, there's a whole part in the beginning where you're like playing a game within the game and it looks like a Wolfenstein type weird game, but the guy's like narrating the whole thing. You have like a sidekick buddy and mm-hmm. he's like, he's like, all right, you're going to run up here. And, and it's really just freaking, you know, like the, the Rick voice from Rick and Morty. 
He's like, all right, right. you're going to run up here. He's like, what you're going to do is you're going to hit A. You're going to hit A twice to double jump. You got to double jump. You got to double, double jump across this one. And then you hit A twice and it doesn't double jump. He goes, oh, he's like, oh, shit. We, do, we didn't program the double jump. Double jump didn't program. <laughs> right, all right. right. He, he just, just like starts freaking out and he starts talking about like how much he hates his ex-wife. It's just like. Right, right, right. It, that, that really, that was one of the first games in a while that made me laugh. Um, you yeah, know, it's, Mon- it's Monkey good. Island used to make me yeah, laugh a Monkey lot. Monkey Island's funny. Yeah. Games like that. Um, I remember laughing a lot at uh, the Simpsons hit and run. Yeah. Simpsons games are always really funny. Um, obviously, the South Park games nailed it because they're essentially South Park episodes. Yep. Um, Conger's Bad Fur Day. Do you remember that on 64? Yeah, but I never really got into it. Oh, I played it. All. It was it was like a rental. So it was like one of those games that I played a lot because I had to. Sure. I wanted to get my juice. Yep. Um, but yeah, hysterically funny. But yeah, you know, it, it's one of those things that, you know, there's comic relief, obviously, in games, just like any kind of long movie to break things up. Right. I'm kind of taking that in now, but yeah, it's rare that games are just like genuinely funny, but it's becoming something that's more and more happening. Nobody saves the world's making me laugh consistently. And it's just text, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys are funny. That whole studio is funny. Yeah. They're great. Um, I've been playing it on steam. So I think I, we used to, when you started playing it, you told me about it and I was playing it on game pass or something. Yeah. And it's one of those games. There are some games that just I don't want to sit in front of my TV to play. Like I want to play God of War and Dead Space and games like that in front of my TV. I don't want to play these smaller games like that. So I got it on Steam Deck and now I'm playing it like crazy. Right. Because it just feels right to play it on the train rather than like, you know, when I have an opportunity to play like a triple A game. Sure. Not taking anything away from it, but it just feels better in in your hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike, with Harry Potter coming out soon, Hogwarts Legacy. I was reading something that you're going to be able to be a good wizard or a bad wizard, which is cool. Um, not only because I like the idea that you can kind of choose, but it also allows you to kind of play through the game twice if you wanted to. I'm going to see what differences there are. When you have the option to do kind of do the good or bad role, what do you usually choose? So I find that I almost always go good. Me too. And I like, don't know so why. I, specifically, I'm thinking about like Bioshock, right? You have the chance to save the little sisters or harvest them for resources. Yeah. And that's a brutal choice. I usually let them all live. Yeah, me too. And in when I'm playing games in general where I have a light, dark choice, I usually go light. Now, here's the catch. If I screw something up and accidentally kill someone, mm-hmm. I go on a goddamn rampage. Yeah, that's it. It's that easy, huh? It's that. It's just like it's throw the, it all away. Yeah, I'm not like, oh, no, I'm going to like redeem it. Like, oh, one out of 10 is I'm like, no, the whole I spoiled the whole bunch. So now I'll, I'll go through the whole town. I'll just, you know, gun everyone down or knife everybody down. <laughs> you become Anakin killing young Padawans. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I'm just like, well, you know, this is unfortunate, but, you know, now I got to clean up this mess. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's just like witness, 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 witness. Right. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to close a bunch of shops here and just just go to town on these folks. You know, it's funny. um, I just kind of thinking about like the Zelda games where it's common and obviously, you know, games and games since then, it's common to like go into a shop and like break the pots that's in there. Yeah. Um, uh, And, you know, like same with God of War, like you kind of break everything. And at one point, Atreus uh, enters... um, some area i can't remember now and he like picks up like hack silver that's on the ground and the guy that he's with is like you're just gonna 
take anything you want. All right. That's a great attitude to have when you like walk into a new place. Um, but I love that. Like that's like referenced, like, cause I think I had to break something to get in. He's like, all right, just break whatever you want. That's great. That's a really great attitude to have going into a new place. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but there was actually that cool mechanic in, I forget which Zelda game. I want to say like Link's Awakening, um, where you could take whatever you want from the shop, but then you're like a thief. Yeah. I couldn't do that. Cause then you can't use the shop after that. Right. They like I kick you out. I think it closes down. Yeah. Right, right. Unless right. you settle your debt, maybe. Right, right, right. Yeah. I have trouble being the bad guy. I'm always, I'm, I always choose to be the good guy. I feel like you're not going to get like the right ending or finish the game the right way if you choose to do it that way. But obviously, you know, games are savvy enough these days to figure out a way to do it right. Yeah. We just sabotage ourselves too, because it's way more fun walking through the game, force choking everybody than it is. To, <laughs> right. Exactly. Than it is to be like, can we barter for that spaceship piece that I need mm-hmm. to get to the next guy? Right. It's, like, it's like, let's just skip to, let's just skip to the chase here. Can we just kill them all and take it? Can I just force <laughs> choke them from like 40 yards out and lift them right. up, and, you know, <laughs> shake it from his pockets? Yeah. I mean, we could either try politics or we could just blow the planet up. Um, right. You know, it's probably uh, going to just be easier. We have a planet destroyer. I know which one I like better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You say I mean, that. But I give you the choice. You're going to choose the politics. <laughs> right. Oh, man. I really got to build up my likability. Oh, man. I got to build up yep. my bartering. What am I going to do now? I got to fly here. I got to talk to this guy. My bartering's at a six. It needs to be at an eight if I want to do this. But just instead, just get to the right. To, ah! <laughs> you know, just get, force lightning the guy right in right. front of his family. Right. <laughs> right in front of his family. Yeah. I, I was playing Infamous Second Son. When I was waiting for Dead Space to come out and had finished God of War just because like I had nothing to play. I figured I'd go through some games I missed. And um, I hated it. I didn't like it at all, uh, mostly because I hated the main character. But I did like the idea that you could choose to kind of be a hero or villain. And I was like, being that I don't like this game and I'm not going to play it very long, I'm going to go the dark route, which is not something I ever do. Sure. And it did seem like way much more fun. Yeah, it always is. It always is. So what do you think about Legacy? Hogwarts Legacy looks pretty good, huh? Yeah, I hope it's going to be. I pre-ordered it. Um, it's, I know. think it's like the, it's the highest pre-order of any game ever on Steam. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm into it. You know, I like Harry Potter. I like mm-hmm. that. I like that world. I I bought a lot of bad Harry Potter games in the past. Sure, there's some know, terrible ones. Yeah, with like the Wii Mote, and you had to like mm-hmm. make the spell. Mote, and I'm like, oh, this yeah sucks. You know, the game mechanics have gotten to a point like I'm playing Dead Space now, and the the kinesis is you know it's flawless. You can pretty much pick up anything and control it really well. So. With the mechanics like that, you assume that the spells that you're going to want to be able to do are going to actually work, unlike the Wii version that I know exactly what you're talking about, um, that the mechanic controls were so bad that you didn't actually feel like you were doing anything successful. Right. It was like it was an accident. Mm-hmm. If you got it done, it was by mistake, for sure. Right. Mike, let me ask you a question. Yeah, I'm ready. Have you ever been in a room and there's like three people in the room? So it's you and two other people and you guys are working. And everything's fine. Everyone's quiet. You're doing your thing. And then one of those three people decides to say, go to the bathroom. And now you're in the room and it's just you and one other person. Do you feel compelled that you need to start talking to that person? Or is that just my social anxiety? I never feel compelled to talk to anybody. (laughs) Okay, good. Okay, great. So it's just me. (laughs) 
You can either chalk, you could talk to them, Todd, or you could just force choke them. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which I think is much easier. Slaughter them. Yeah. I, I recently, I've been in like lots of little rooms with like small groups of people and it's fine when there's other people in the room, but then when it's just you and one other person, I'm like, oh my God, should I be saying something? Should I be talking to them? Is it weird that I'm not saying anything? I'm just going to keep my head down and act like I'm really busy. So then I start doing this. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you start talking out loud to yourself. This is this is just a me thing. You know, I, I'm sure many people do it, but like I don't, I don't even put on the performance. Oh, I do, big like, time. Oh, like, big time, big time. I'm like, listen, this is what you got. I'm gonna stonewall you. <laughs> That's it. This doesn't surprise me at all. This I'm, is why you're the right person to ask. Yeah, I'm giving you very little. I'm giving you almost nothing. So you're telling me that that attitude works for you. If you if you drop your pencil or something that rolls close to my foot, I will pretend I don't notice. I will pretend I don't oh, see man, it. Oh man, you go full Monty. Yeah, I'm just I'm just All know, right. You, so so if I do that, I'll be okay. If I just don't say anything and I don't have to do the performance anymore either. I mean, it'll probably have the same self-destructive, you know, results as it has in my life. You know, very closed mm. off. I just don't want to mm. talk to these folks. I don't I don't I just don't want to do it. Yeah. I don't want the chit chat. I don't know? want the chit chat either. But like the second that it's just me and one other person in the room, I get like this incredible sense of worry and anxiety that I need to start talking to them. And then I have nothing to say to them. So that makes me feel even like even more anxious. And then when I do say something, I'm like, so does your dad fish? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? My aunt is very sick. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, it's, you got to cut that out. All right. I'm going to try. I'm going to try it this week and I'm going to let you know how it goes. I, I hope you do. Uh, definitely update me. What do you want to do? You want to get into 8-bits or you want to complain about something else? I'll just tell you my biggest fear at the moment. <clears throat> okay. Okay. My biggest fear is that something's going to happen to me. I'm going to die. And my wife is going to sell all of my video game stuff for the price that I told her I got it for. Let's go to 8-bits. <laughs> Todd, there's a new DCU. Yeah. There's a brand new DCU. About I don't know if, time. I don't know if you care. I am interested. But well, you now, know, I care specifically about one because it's the one comic book that I always talk about. And it's the first thing when we decided to write a comic together, the first one I gave you that I said, you need to read this. This is like my favorite is in here. What is it? Swamp Thing. Oh, the, yes. the Alan Moore Swamp Thing. Yeah. Alan Moore Swamp Thing is great. Um, and I do like Swamp Thing. The the question I have is, does does it matter now? Is this like we kind of had our Marvel ride? Is the DC ride like for the our kids? You know? Yeah, I mean it's it's possible. I mean, there there could be, you know, a bit of super saturation in the market. I think that there certainly is and was super at one saturation. Point. Yeah. Uh so what do we got? We got Superman like, Legacy, there the haven't, Authority. There hasn't been a lot of superhero movies to come out recently, and I don't think anyone's moaning. I think it's fine. The Brave mm -hmm. and the Bold, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, Swamp Thing, Creature Commandos, which looks badass. It's just mm -hmm. monsters that like looks like they're killing Nazis or something. Or what I don't know what it is. Booster yeah. Gold, which is a fan favorite. Yep. Um, and I think that's going to be a television show along with Creature Commandos. Um, I, listen, I think it's fine, and I think James Gunn has certainly proven that he knows what he's doing between sure. Guardians and um, Suicide Squad. So. I'm excited for Brave and Bold. Grant Morrison's series is probably one of the best Batman series. And that's the thing, right? Is that like they keep DC, especially Marvel kind of figured this out earlier on. There's already incredible movies written 
<laughs> in these worlds. Right. They're called graphic novels. Right. And it's like the fact that they haven't done like like long to um long Halloween. Right. Or just like said, all right, long Halloween. That's the movie. Just right, right. St- it's storyboarded already. Let's just do that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just wild that they haven't done that. Between Superman and Batman alone, there's, you know, 50 incredible movies already written storyboarded. Um, so I don't know why they keep trying to do their own thing, writing their own versions of it. I mean, obviously Nolan got it right, um, but it was an amalgam of, you know, a bunch of really great series already done before. Yeah. But yeah, I think Superman Legacy could be really great. I mean, Gunn certainly knows what he's doing. I'd like to see it in his hands. So I'm interested to see, have, did they say anything about who Superman will be? Because I know he recently said that he thought Cavill got kind of dealt a bad hand by DC. Yeah, because, he, well, his, and his exact thing was that he was never hired. Uh, mm. No, he, he wasn't fired. He was just never hired. Oh, I feel said. the same way about a lot of jobs that I don't have. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was really having, good, yeah. That's a really positive spin to put on something that totally sucks. But yeah, he, I was um, never hired for a Nolan movie, but I was also never fired from a Nolan movie. That's and you use that on your resume to this day. <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, the following is a following is a list of Oscar winners that I was never fired from. Right. Exactly. Uh, mm. Yeah, it, it, it's um, he did get a bad shake, but they're they're looking at kind of like a different approach where he was. I think he's, uh, you know, too old for the role. Maybe they could do Superman like a uh, bizarro Superman, like the zombie Superman and hire Army Hammer. Is he not eating people anymore? Well, because he would be if he's a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> so put put that down. Write that down. <laughs> Write that down. She'll Get him back. Me. She'll see me. Um. Yeah. So listen, I think this is fine. Yeah. I, you know, I I've always been more into Marvel than DC anyway. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to see any of them in the theaters, but I'm happy that it's happening. Yeah. I'm ha- like they needed to just kind of flush the whole thing. You can't have like seven different universes and directors not talking to one another and mm-hmm. then one guy doing a film that was cut up by another guy and then it was right. released and then it's like, what? what is this? It was really a mess. It looked like a big communication mess, didn't it? Yeah. It was like, what, yeah. what have you guys done here? Right. You know, awful. Yeah, awful. not great. No. So hopefully this thing better and take to everyone, take your kids. You, you let us know what you think. Yeah, exactly. You tell us. Mike, number two, Dead Space is great. Yeah. Um, I want to read something from what IGN said, but then I'm about 10 hours in, so I kind of want to talk about it myself and hear what you have to think. Go for it. IGN said, quote, with its stunningly redesigned spaceship, smartly and subtly enhanced story, and spectacularly reimagined action scenes, Motive Studio has managed to successfully breathe life into the seminal sci-fi horror universe of Dead Space. Despite the fact I returned to the 2008 original several times over the years and found it to hold up fairly well, my latest journey through the darkened hallways of the USG Ishimura still managed to consistently surprise me and pull me into Isaac's plight far more than ever before, while still satisfying my desire to butcher undead astronauts with an enjoyable arsenal of wildly unsafe mining tools. It's clear that this superb Dead Space remake has been a labor of love for the team at Motive Studios, who very carefully balanced innovation and renovation with preservation. And to their credit, the end result is undoubtedly the definitive way to experience or re-experience one of the best survival horror shooters that Capcom never made. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I'm I'm in deep, Mike. Uh, Gray and I, Gray is not scared at all about it. Um, I kind of gave him a little test to see if he was cool with it. And um, he's really digging watching me play it. So we're about 10 hours in. And yeah, I'm loving every minute of it. I've kind of jumped from medium to easy uh, only because 
the one thing I do love is you really do learn every time you die. Like there's been times where like I went through a situation and I was like, you know what? I can definitely do that better. Save some ammo and have some, some more health at the end of this, go to the load and then redo it. Yeah. Um, cause there's so many opportunities to save. So it really gives you an opportunity to kind of just practice and get each scene. Right. I don't love this. I, I love the story. I do think like that idea of like, you know, some marker and like there's religions involved and the actual possession of the humans on the ship and all that stuff is great. But I don't like Isaac very much. I like him cause he's a Poindexter. He, yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> He's like, he's he's not, like I'll try not, to get the uh, I'll yeah. try to get the engines running again. And yeah, I'm like, he's kind of yeah, he's not great. Uh, none of the characters are really great. Um, but I love the game and I love the gameplay and I love stomping things after I kill it. And I love that the ammo and health drops are literally just enough to make it feel like survival horror. Like you're always looking at your ammo and your health and making sure you feel like you have enough just to get through the next scene. So I'm loving I'm loving it. And yeah, it's scary, but it's not, you know, obviously the stories of not being able to play in the dark are obviously way beyond true. Uh, yeah. What do you think? I'm enjoying it. But yeah, I did play it, I don't know, a year ago mm-hmm. on, uh, when I got Game Pass and I redownloaded it. And it's, you know, it's pretty beat for beat. You know, it's there's not... some cool things added from Dead Space 2, though. Yeah, I guess. That voice make acting it a better game. Other yeah, it is. It's the definitive version. But like going through, I'm kind of like, all right, yeah. like, this is all very familiar. But right. It is very well made. And if no one's ever played it, this is the version to yeah, play. For sure. You know, uh, it's great. It's cool. It's every it's exactly what I thought it would be. And no more. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's <laughs> you know, and and the one thing that I don't really see. And this is the thing we talk about a lot, like things that are important to us in games. The one thing I haven't seen a lot in the reviews is the controls are rock solid. Yep. Um, that's the thing I love. Even when like you have to do those little bits of flying and stuff. Yep. Like really incredibly well done. Um, so yeah, I'm digging it. Mike, number three, finally, a game about men's rights. <laughs> yeah, what the heck was this? You dropped this on the ROS. I looked it up. Uh, you need to explain what the heck's going on here for me. Yeah, I don't. So the thing is, it started... I. I the reason that I picked it up is that it obviously they did this major marketing move where they decided they were going to charge $2,000 for a game on steam. Right. Um, let, let's read from game rant quote, an exorbitantly priced game begins with a strange unskippable eight minute long text crawl that heavily alludes to men's rights activism. The game, the hidden and unknown is a non-interactive visual novel on steam that costs $2,000 and is under two hours with the developer's justification being that it was their right to do so. Now, the important thing is that it's under two, you can finish the game in under two hours. Steam's return policy is they will credit you for a return as long as you haven't played a game for longer than two hours. Uh So essentially they've created a free game. They created a free game that they decided to throw a whole bunch of men's rights into and then gave you the option to they market it by saying it's a $2,000 game so that it will get attention. And you essentially don't actually have to pay any money for this game except for $2,000 out of your pocket to play the game that you know you're going to get returned. So I mean, what's the men's rights angle? I don't know, Mike. Incredibly strange. This is something that we're going to have to wait and see how it develops a bit. I'm not buying it. No, absolutely not. This sounds like total dog shit. What, like it's, uh, you know, like one of those games that like gives you it's like the dollar game that gives you the platinum. It's like a jar mm-hmm. of mayo. It's like this is mayo or whatever. <laughs> or the baseball game that I made you play that had like a whole bunch of biblical quotes in it. 
Oh yeah, but you know what? That was uh you know, that filled my spiritual cup. You enjoyed that game. I actually listened to that episode recently. You uh you had a lot of fun with that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I caught some pop flies. You sure did. Yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll have to do see uh what the reviews come out about this. Uh, people that are actually willing to put down the two thousand dollars to play this game, hoping that you know Steam actually does return it. Kevbo, <laughs> <laughs> Kevbo, it's all you. You're on it, Kev. Mike. Speaking of Kevbo, <laughs> wow, we have a Kevbo seg. I'm ready. We um, like like we normally do when we put out a show, we ask people to share anything that any experience. This is, not on, this is not on the ROS. Are you breaking this right now? I'm breaking it right now. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Mike, I can't get it to play. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but they're not allowing me to play again. Oh my god, are you serious? Yeah, it's really not great. Um, so anyway, we when we were doing our Rygar episode, we talked about how we used to sing songs to the music, make up lyrics for it. Kevbo sent along a really great video of him singing along to the Super Mario Brothers theme about his dog. Instagram is not allowing me to replay this video, so we're going to have to show it at a different time. Yeah, what's up? It's not its not working for me either. I know. All right, so we're going to get Kevbo to send it to us, and we're going to put it on the show when we have a compilation of some other people's contributions to this section. That's ridiculous. Agreed. Mike, number four. No, hang on. I don't like this at all. Yeah, it's not great. Are you telling me that we can't? Nowhere? Yeah, not good. But you know what? We're going to figure it out. And we're going to get it on the next show. Not okay. I know. But it's all right. We're going to figure it out. I'm not happy about that, Todd. I'm not happy about it either. It was really great. But we'll share it on the next show. Mike, number four. Yeah. It won't be an excellent Easter. From NBC, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the average retail price for a dozen large eggs has been steadily rising year over year. In fact, nationally, the average retail price for a dozen large eggs is $3.59 when it was just $1.72 a year ago. Eggs have quickly become, well, expensive. So now people are saying paint potatoes for Easter? Yeah, well, that's what you were telling me. We gotta, mm-hmm. we gotta find some spuds to to spackle. That's apparently what people are doing. They're uh, they're not willing to spend the money that the you know are astronomically different than last year's egg prices. So it looks like they're going the potato route. Can you imagine, for Easter? Can you imagine what the Irish would be thinking about this? Probably excited. Really? Yeah, they're gonna sell some extra potatoes this Easter. <laughs> <laughs> it's a boon. Maybe. Uh, Mike, how do you feel about painting a potato? No, sir. I don't like it. No. <laughs> I kind of want to now just because. I don't think it's a good idea. You don't think it's a good idea? You don't think the Easter Bunny is going to be thrilled with a whole bunch of uh, painted potatoes instead of eggs this year? No, it's gross. <laughs> it's gross. It's gross, sir. And I don't like it. I, I don't. I don't like it at all. Mike, number five. 
Santos sings. We have our uh, George Santos update for this. Santos episode. update. Santos update. Todd from the post disgraced representative George Santos may be guilty of dishing out some whopping lies, but no one can deny that he's earnest about karaoke. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Rolling Stone has reported that the 34-year-old Long Island native apparently boasts an old account on the singing app Smool, in which he can be heard belting out classics from Hallelujah to Let It Go. The unearthed account was created eight years ago at the handle at George DeValder, and one of the many versions of the Republican congressman's full name, George Anthony DeValder Santos. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Another name uh-huh. for this gentleman. The profile features a pic of Santos sporting a bow tie and flashing a duck face, the iconic kissy face favored by the millennials age group. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Mike, do we have any... Um, Stop. Yes, we- right there. We do. We I pulled a clip. We right. absolutely pulled a clip. <laughs> do it, do some it. guy from Twitter shared some clips of Santos singing, and I just couldn't resist. Oh, please. Apparently, George Santos had an account on Smule, which is a singing app, karaoke app, which I myself have been on for almost 10 years. Okay. <laughs> and I looked him up. His account is still active. And it's, you know, the last thing he did was eight years ago. But I was like, did I ever sing with this dude? <laughs> I did not. But I looked at his account. Let's let's explore. Oh, he's not very good, is he? Sure? Oh, boy. <laughs> God, it's really bad. All right. <laughs> All right. It's really bad. Don't be scared. You got the mood prepared. Go on and kiss the girl. from the kids. Wow. That was some of his greatest hits, apparently. That is incredibly bad, incredibly embarrassing. But you know what? Karaoke is embarrassing. It is, but this is just the, his, 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 uh, his, you know, his, usually his legend grows, Todd. His right. legend grows right. with some of these real turd sandwiches. I love that. Um, I love that, like, people are just diving into this guy's whole life, and it's obviously just a car wreck of like contradictions uh like lies uh like hypocritical you know stances on things like real shady stuff and mm-hmm. he's just he's just like yeah yeah you know so yeah, no hakuna matata he's like hakuna no worries yeah yeah okay sarah sarah you know like what, what, what do you want me to do hakuna I, matata it was a probably a really good choice for the demons to sing in hell right off off key uh-huh off I key it, I, it probably sounds just like that <laughs> it's probably you know direct from hell I think it's Mr. Devolder himself. Is, yeah. These are, the, but these are the these are the lyrics from the song, Mr. Devolder. These are the, the, you know, the lyrics from a Disney musical is mm-hmm. a very, very valuable thing, Mr. Lamada. <laughs> very valuable thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, amazing. So it just uh, awful, just I mean, awful. Yeah. I'll give him a little credit there. You know, uh, usually karaoke is there's there's alcohol involved, there's bar noise involved, there's you know people not paying that much attention. Uh, probably all the reason not to sing karaoke into an app. Sure. Hmm. Yeah, and just saving it forever so people can find when you lie exactly. about a hundred things later. Right. You know, so, when you steal money from dying dogs and vets and 
and, and propose to your wife while married to your boyfriend. Yep, and go down to dress and drag down in Brazil. Mm. Oh, he was having fun at a festival, Mike. Oh, just fun. Remember, Listen, Bloomberg used to do it all the time. Bloomberg loved dressing up as a woman. Yeah, famously. one of his favorite things to do as a mayor. Famous, famously, Giuliani too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> beautiful, handsome woman he was. What a handsome, handsome woman. Okay, so that's that's the Santos update. Santos sings, yeah. and ho- hopefully more comes out because yep. what a what a wonderful what what a wonderful. <laughs> angelic voice he has so yeah uh next up did you hear, did you hear about this uh, saturday night live last mm-hmm. of us mario kart spoof looks pretty great yeah um the picture alone of pedro pascal dressed as mario is amazing it's pretty solid yeah not as good as elon musk dressed as wario no that's true because those they're, they're like legit related yeah exactly i want to know like who is who is it that's who is it on the snl writers team at the moment who wants to keep pitching nintendo stuff to these celebrities I know. It seems very weird. It we should know like, that guy. Yeah, it seems like it's not like a. It doesn't appeal to like a wide audience. It, it, maybe it does. I don't know. But no, like yeah, this is the guy who can get us to do Flashman working at the Piggly Wiggly on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, we need to get in with this guy. We need more of this American sprites, and then we may need to make that push. That's right. Maybe Santos knows him. Man, Santos, we'll reach out. Santos knows everybody. Yep. So, Mike, the NBC sketch comedy show featured a pre-tape segment imagining what an HBO drama using the famous Nintendo video game characters Mario, Luigi, and Princess Peach would look like. The answer, pretty dystopian. In the vignette, Pascal plays Mario and tells Peach that, quote, carding out here isn't a game. If we're going to make it, we're going to need to all the help we can get. And his backup, Luigi. Yep. I pulled the clip. You ready? Please. Us is a hit, proving a video game can become a prestige dystopian drama. This spring, HBO is doing it again with another iconic game. It's been 10 years since our kingdom fell. <laughs> the only thing we have left? Hope. I have important cargo I need smuggled to Rainbow Road. Rainbow Road. Used to drive? <laughs> People say a lot of things. You got a name? It's a me. It's a me. Mario. So what's the cargo? Not what. Who? She's a princess. At least she was. Until he took over. We'll never make it on foot. You won't have to. <laughs> it's already better than the John Leguizamo Bob Bob right. one through eight. What's it like out here? Carting out here isn't a game. If we're gonna make it, we need all the help we can get. It's a Luigi time. <laughs> what is that thing? Goomba. Goomba. I love that both Todd 
uh, Todd, both Toad <laughs> and uh, who's the other guy? Yoshi are both yeah. are both bisexual. Right. I thought that's so. By the way, um, because that's such an HBO move. <laughs> totally. <laughs> to totally. Just, they're like how like how like who like how how else can we change this and flip the story around? Right. Um. Yeah. It looks just, great. It it's pretty hilarious, and I'm sure if they actually made that. I'd at least watch one episode. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed out because I feel like, you know, given it give us a little bit more time with this American, it's bright and we probably would have gone there. But doesn't mean we still can't. Doesn't mean we still can't. No. So Last of Us really just proving to be an absolute behemoth of a show for HBO, uh, which is great for, you know, video game adaptations. Um, typically, they don't fare very well um, yes. and kind of been laughed out of, you know, any sort of serious TV or film. But yeah, Last of Us is really proving that different. And of course, Sony has a few other properties under development. And the one that we were kind of, I think, looking forward to even more than this was Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, that'll be uh, interesting. Gives us a lot of hope that they're going to be able to do it right. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> you got the right teams. I think I'm behind them now. Mike, number seven. Hit me. Made my millions in water. Did you? Sure did. Okay. Mike, hardcore Walt Disney World fans who are mourning the closure of the iconic Splash Mountain. Uh, yeah, it's now Splash Mountain's now considered a problem because it's based on Song of the South. Okay. Yeah, they can remember the attraction, but for a hefty price, used water from Walt Disney World's now closed Splash Mountain ride is being sold on eBay, with some listings asking for thousands of dollars for a small container of the limited water. Mike, I, of course, I have to say one very important thing. Sure. This is the water from the Splash Mountain this is, ride. This is the water. You see, it's a very valuable <laughs> thing because even though it's based on a racist property and a racist story, the water itself is not racist. It's actually a very valuable thing. But you understand the Splash Mountain water, you know, is a very valuable thing, Mr. Lamada. But this is the water from the Splash Mountain. <laughs> this is the water from the Splash Mountain, Mr. Lamada. Not the exactly the same ride, but reskinned and have a new sign put up. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I. Yeah. This is like peak strange for me. Yeah. Like, and I guess someone's buying this. I guess someone is gobbling up the, the Splash Mountain water, which is certainly. Yeah, I looked filled. into it. Sold. There is. Yeah. Item sold. Jesus, Todd. What are we doing? And, you know, I mean, obviously, there's no way to ever know if you, you're actually getting Splash Mountain water unless you're, or toilet water from some guy in West Virginia. Toilet. Yeah, for sure. Toilet. Um, yeah. It, interesting. When the, the ride closed, <laughs> everyone wanted to be the last person to ride it. Right. So apparently at Disney, if you are lined up. They, as long as you're online, when they stop letting people online, they will let the ride go. So people are riding it until like two or two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. Wow. Um, trying to be that last person, you know, of course the last people on the ride, I'm sure were the cast members <laughs> that decided to ride it once everything was closed down. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, an iconic ride that will be, uh, they'll put a new sign up for uh, next week and that'll be that. What's it called now? I forget what it's based on now. Um, uh, Encanto, maybe? Wet Willie's Wild Ride? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Wet Willie's sure. Wild Ride. That's right. Mm -hmm. Sure. Kirby, maybe? I'm not sure. <laughs> Kirby's <laughs> Wild Ride? Okay. Mike, last for this week, number eight, Gotta Crush Them All. Uh, yeah, Gotta Crush Them All. Yeah, from Kotaku, quote, an original sealed copy of Pokemon Yellow reportedly worth nearly $4,000 was ruined by U.S. Customs and Border Patrol uh, protection after its seal was not only cracked, but its case broken and the front of the box sliced clean off in a wanton display of aggression against the collectibles the <laughs> owner claims. <laughs> Uh, that owner who goes by the underscore master underscore of underscore unlocking told Kotaku he was disappointed to see such quote unquote senseless damage done to the now ruined collector's item. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, I love his his story that this was a wanton display of aggression against collectibles. There's, you know, some guy at, you know, U.S. Customs and Border Protection that is so against any version of collectibles that he's just going to destroy every one of them that he sees as if people know that a Pokemon Yellow can even be worth $4,000. Right. What the fuck is that? Is that a Pokemon Yellow in a protective case? Bust that shit open. Yeah, let me see that UPC code. It ends in a 632. All right, destroy it. Destroy. What is that? Got the uh, seal on it? That it's, What is that? Graded? What is that? A 9.6? <laughs> Cut that open. Yeah, of all the things, you know, people can be prejudiced against your collectibles is one that's probably not exactly what's happening. Yeah, in more story. likely you're not allowed to carry things in locked cases on airplanes, psychopath, and they right. had to cut it open to make sure you didn't have a lighter in there right. or something stupid. Mm-hmm. So next time, ship it. Don't store it. Yeah. And that's half the battle. You that's know? it. It's like not, it's really not that hard to understand. You have a collectible, you don't put it in a suitcase and give it to 90 people to throw around in an airplane. That thing touches so many hands before it gets to wherever you're going. So that's yeah. on you. That is yeah. on you 100%. I would never, I wouldn't be like, oh, I bought this wonderful vase while on vacation. You know what I'm going to do? Wrap it in newspaper. I'm just going to store it. I'm going to put it right here in my luggage. I'm just going to check it at the terminal. Yeah. I mean, Mike, for Christmas, you got me the story of Pope John Paul by Marvel Comics, number one. <laughs> I did. I'm not, pack, I'm not packing that into a suitcase. Wait till you see. I, um, I'm going to have to present this to you. Maybe I'll present it to you. Maybe I'll send it to you and I'll have you open it on the show. Okay. Mm, it's something really good. Is it really good? Yeah, I know it's February and it was your Christmas present, but I still have to get it to you. Okay. Yeah, it's really good. Oh wait, you're get you got something from me? Yes. Oh, I see. Um, Mike, what do you say to take a break? Let's take a break and we come back. I know you wanted to do real or fake, but I decided I wanted to do Dear Todd instead. Okay, <laughs> good. I'm ready for it. Okay, let's take a break. Right, Scott. This is Doc Brown, and y'all listening to the Morning Dadcast which is about as exciting as conducting some kind of weather experiment. Todd, you wouldn't believe. You wouldn't believe that the listener response. (laughs) It was pretty good, wasn't it? We got from Dear Todd. Mm. I'm talking two, three Instagram messages. Yeah. (laughs) Two or three more than normal. Two or three more. I'm talking like... I was bowled over by the response of people, <laughs> people that valued your advice. Yeah. That really thought it helped their life. Uh, so I, I said, we can't deny this. We can't deny them this. This no. is, Todd is just, you know, you're, 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 you're like teed up for this. You live this. You're ready. Okay. So I got, I pulled some new stuff. Dear Abby, we'll do Dear Todd. Hang on. Let me just play in. Can I play you in? Yeah, please. All right. like having my own music. All right, you ready, Miss Fletcher? Yes. Yes. D- Dear Todd, mm-hmm. my older sister visits me every week to play How cards nice. and that chat. That sounds lovely. 
While I love her dearly and enjoy her visits, sometimes I do not appreciate one topic she brings up. Uh oh. We are on different ends of the political spectrum. Hmm. Although I never initiate conversation about the candidate she voted for in the last election, she never misses an opportunity to debase my choice for the same office. It's distressing. And I nearly cried the last time she made a derogatory remark about him. When she doesn't bring up politics, we have a wonderful time. Why does she do this? Is she clueless about how much this bothers me? I'm a quiet person who doesn't like confrontation or make your, so you're, you're a Biden voter doesn't like confrontation or making others feel bad. So I generally just nod my head or listen without saying anything. I sometimes dread seeing her because I never know if she is going to bring up politics. Do you have a polite non-confrontational way of making her stop signed opposite in Pennsylvania? Now I, I get the sense that she's a Biden voter and her very pushy sister is a Trump voter. Is sounds that, like it. Is that it's, your assessment? Yeah, sounds like it. I mean, Mike, there's a few things I picked out of this. So, dear opposite in Pennsylvania, you referenced the fact that you're a quiet person. And then you also referenced that. Is she clueless about how much this bothers me? Yes, she is. <laughs> Stop being a quiet person. Tell her it bothers you. And then if there's an issue afterwards, that's a totally different conversation. But why don't you tell her that this isn't something you want to talk about. She has probably other people in her life she can talk politics with. She can focus with talking about new recipes with you. She can talk about the family with you. She can talk about the DCU with you. She can talk about the new Pokemon game coming out with you, but not talk about politics with you. If she has a problem with that, she can take a walk. But let's get to that when we get to that. Speak up. Yeah, speak up. And you can both agree that on George Santos being a train wreck. So... If you need mutual ground for a for a political talk, you it's can... true. It's the the the, uh, <laughs> the really interesting thing is, yeah, there's always one or two topics in the in the news cycle that everyone can agree on. And George Santos being a disaster is one of them. So focus on that. Focus on that. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll give you what uh, what Abby said. Cool. Dear opposite. Yes, I do. She says, do you have any polite non-confrontational ways to make her stop? Mm. Uh, dear opposite. Yes, I do. Yeah. Quit nodding your head and establish some ground rules with Sissy. Tell her that you love her company, but that oh, the sissy, pejorative like that. political comments must stop. Make clear that you want politics off the table when she visits because the subject is so upsetting and that if she cannot con- cannot comply, you will be seeing her less often. Period! Exclamation point. Standing up for yourself is not being confrontational. You are long overdue for that brief chat. If you cannot do this, then stop blaming her and be prepared for more, much more of the same. So, you and Abby, syncing up on this one. Me and Abby are uh, two peas in a pod, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Maybe I should see if she needs any help. Maybe. You're very, very good at this. And I think I it's... mean, I think she's only got a few, you know, I mean, she, her clock is ticking. Yeah, she's a spring there, chicken. She's an octogenarian. Yeah, she, that's right. All right. Um, Here we go. Number two. Oh, we got time. another one. Oh, Great. yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big time, big time. Number two. Dear Abby mm. slash Dear Todd. <laughs> right. I'm very depressed and upset with myself. I cheated on my husband, quote, we're calling him Hal, Mm -hmm. and told him after I realized I had gotten an STI from the man I cheated with, Mm. Hal was very upset and we didn't talk for a day and a half, but he didn't yell or call me names. I feel so guilty and confused. He's being really nice, not cussing at me. It's strange. Things are different between us now, and it's my fault. It will take time and patience, I guess, but I miss the intimacy and affection Hal and I once shared. Is it normal for me to want him 
to yell at me and show his anger. When I try to talk about him getting tested for STIs, he gets quiet and brings up the past. Please help me. I just want things to go back to the way they were before I cheated. What do I do? Reluctant cheater in Oregon. Hmm. This one's pretty easy. Hey, reluctant cheater in Oregon. You screwed up pretty badly. And um, it's clear that this is only the beginning of the end. So you can fast forward to the fact that this is not going to work. Or you can try to keep fixing it. But it's probably not going to get fixed. Hal's always going to look at you and think about the STI that you may have given him because you reluctantly cheated. Um, And it's probably not going to be a thing. You could try counseling. You could try therapy or something like that. But um, it's probably damage is already done, my friend. It sounds like it could be. Especially if he's not being angry. That's even worse. The reason that she wants to be angry is because she can, you know, that's that's an action that she could she could work with. They're not talking about it at all or just kind of ignoring it. Oh, man, it's just bubbling and seething. Yeah. I guess you, she could say, hey, Hal, why don't you go do your thing? And then we'll be even call it and see how it works from there. Because at that point, you got nothing to lose anyway. It's going to end anyway. So that's what you think. Yeah, that's what I think. OK, so you're feeling good about those answers. Yeah, I'm feeling good about those answers. Y- nothing to add on those answers. No way. I don't know. I'm just asking if there's anything, anything you want to add on those answers. No. <laughs> no. You nailed you No. 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 I think I nailed it. Did you ever see like those Sister Wendy videos where she, it was like this nun that used to, um, uh, she was like an art critic. And there's like Sister Wendy's like art history. It's like a PBS thing. Super popular. Yes. She called her one take Wendy. Because she would literally just stand in front of a painting and just blurt out like the most brilliant things ever said about the painting and the history behind it and like what culture was like at the time and why it represented that. One take, boom, bang, done. One take, Wendy. One That's what I want to do for this. I want to be one take, Toddy. You want to be one take, Toddy. Yep. I can get on board with that, I think. Good. All right. Well, I mean, there's not much left to do. I'm trying to think if there's anything left to do here, Todd. I don't think so. Because we're pretty much much like Michael J. Fox and Doc Brown at a time. But, oh. but, ah. but, what happened? That means we got to escape the show. Oh, Mike. Yeah. What do you think Lario is up to right now? Lario. <laughs> Gabe's Lario? Yep. Uh, he's probably, he's running for public office, I would assume. <laughs> Fair. Uh, who opens uh, for foregone conclusion? The Brent Band? Yeah, who opens for Foregone Conclusion, do you think? Oh, Jesus. Um, um, bread. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mike, you know, I like to check in with you time to time about your purchases. How's that virtual boy you bought doing? Uh, you know what? Charlie played it two days ago, actually. No way. Yeah, he, he pops in and plays it every now and then, so it's, All right. get, it's getting some burn. All right. Uh, Todd, what's your profile name on an all-superhero dating app? Um... Uh, Slim Jim. <laughs> okay. Mike, the Contra guys. Yeah. Brothers or lovers? Uh, they could be both. It's oh, this is this is the 21st okay. century. Okay. Todd, fair. whom was stuck on whom? Matt Damon on Kinnear or Kinnear on Matt Damon? Oh my God, did d- d- Kinnear on Damon? Okay. Mike, um. Wild Woody, redesigned yeah. from the ground up for the play date. You downloading yeah. it? 
Yes. Oh, yes. As long as the music's intact. For sure. Yeah. Todd, Van Damme was most attractive in? Uh, Double Impact. As Alex. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. No, no. That's what I'm thinking, too. Almost certainly. Mike, you doing an all Boku diet or the lion diet? Oh, my God. All Boku because it's, you know, is that too much to ask? Is that too much to ask? Well, I think we made it. I'm sweating. That was a blitz. That was a blitz. Wow. It's that music. That music will always give me anxiety more than just about anything else in the entire world. Yeah, even though you always make it out of the freaking place with two minutes left and make it back to the spaceship, <laughs> right. you're like, it's going to blow up right at my heels. Can, right. can, can you not make it? I don't remember now. You can, right? No, I think you cannot make it, yeah. Right, okay. And then it's just it's like, not like... the It's not like the fight in Symphony of the Night that opens and like you can't die. Right, exactly. Right. No, I think. Although I did, find, I did find out recently that there, if you win that Symphony of the Night fight, the first one, um, in certain ways, you get certain benefits. Like I think if you don't take a hit, you start with more HP. That's interesting. And yeah, your, wa- I and your, that. your watch shoots fire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but these are the braces from the legendary warrior uniform. <laughs> these are from the gods of Endora brought to you by the <laughs> right. lands of Argul. Right. Wearing sunglasses. Morning, Dad.